You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 144. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. So today's episode is a little bit different than our usual format. So as you might have heard of in the last week's intro, we are starting to host free community talks online. Where sagers can come in and share their experiences on specific topic. This is something I think is really important because there are a lot of things we're just not talking about in our industry and that deserve that space to talk about. So, for example, I've openly shared that I'm a single woman, and so I don't have a family. So I'm not going to really understand what is it like to have a family, especially young children at home, while trying to build a home staging business. The struggle is different. The issues are different, and And how to manage that is also very different. It's something my lifestyle cannot comprehend, really. So I think it's really important to create the space where we can come together and share our experiences and exchange ideas as well. I think it's also important to watch people and then learn from their practices in terms of how they run their home staging businesses. So this is why I want to create these community talks. That you can gain additional kind of insights in terms of different ways of running your businesses. After all, everyone is unique when it comes to our own businesses. Our backgrounds are different. We're coming from all walks of life. You know, it's different cities, different states, even different countries. So the issues we may face might be different. But there's still a lot of things that are universal, and you know, things that we find challenging with. So I think this is also why it's important to come together in the community, so we can really have that space to have a productive dialogue and really improve and work on our home staging business and help each other grow. And this is why we really want to do all these kind of community initiatives, and we're really trying that as a school to build that community space for you guys. So I really encourage you to join us at our free community online. You can go to sagemore.school, and that's where you'll find our free community. So when you type in sagemore.school in your web browser, you're going to be taken to kind of the front door. You just need to click on the coral button, and then it will say "Access it for free." Instead of your account, fill in your name. And your email address, and then you're in. And once you're in, it functions a little bit like a social media network, but without the advertising and the scary big brother watching. And then, so it's really we want to try to build a safe space for stagers to share their ideas freely. If you're ever interested in being part of the community talks, I would love to have you. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at sagemore or email me through our website, our main website at sagemore.com. Or you can actually DM me also in our private free community at sagemore.school. So there are quite a few ways to get a hold of me, especially inside the free community. So if you have not joined yet, I definitely encourage you to. And for those of you who already are core students, you will see it as well because you will have access to your private classroom within our platform too. So that's also the nice thing, so that you get the community interaction, but also you can have access. To the private classroom, to your courses, and also your fellow students. So yeah, so I'm really excited about this. One of the new things I'm also trying is to have pay workshop, live workshop. You can come in to work with subject experts on very specific things. So we have one coming up in November. It's a live workshop with Nikki. 
You might remember a few episodes ago, Nikki came on our podcast and really talked about sales, but in a very organic way. It's really about building the organic relationships, communicating with your client, really, you know, talk about your values, what do you bring to the table instead of focusing on the pure dollar things. I think especially in today's marketplace, especially dealing with the generation, you know, millennials, they are really the largest buying group right now. And also the decisions they make, the trends they create, and the social values they have in their generation really informs how we're buying nowadays. So it's really about relationship instead of just pure like selling, selling, selling. And I think a lot of us get into staging, we probably are not really comfortable to begin with in terms of sales because it can feel very like sleazy. But I think Nikki has a really great way to do it very organically. And so during the live workshop in November, she's actually going to give you key exercises to work on specific things within your sales technique. And then we can actually take away right away that you can apply in your home staging business. So I think that's going to be really awesome. But anyway, coming back to today's episode. So today's episode really is all about building multiple streams of income for your home staging business. I think this is a really important thing to think about because we are service-based businesses. So essentially, the main way we make money is through exchanging our time for income. So there's a limitation for that. In order to make more income, we need to get more people, right? So more hours that we can exchange for money. But the thing is, like, there's also ebbs and flow within our services. So for home staging, for example, we were really busy seven out of 12 months. So for five months, business is going to be slow. So one of the things that you can do is actually finding things to complement your income. So you're really busy and productive and generating income all year long. Those income can be passive. For example, you're renting stuff out, you know, over a period of time. One of the speakers, Bridget, talked about staging senior community homes, like model homes and stuff. And that could be a long-term project. You know, I've done projects like that where our inventory stay in the model homes four different units for nine months. So my inventory rental fee were times four and then times nine. So that could be something that's really nice, you know, have that buffer. So I don't have to be so stressed to have to generate income all the time. And the other thing too, we see now a lot of stagers are doing Airbnbs. That's also not a great compliment to staging. Typically when staging, the sales cycle is busy the Airbnb is slow and then vice versa. So we're seeing a lot of stagers having success with that as well, where there can be, you know, during the holiday times or before the holiday times when the staging starting to slow down, but Airbnb is going to start ramping up. So those are some of the things I think is really important to think about. And I love the ideas from both of them. I mean, they're so unexpected. Like Bridget is based in Florida. So she also stages yachts. I mean, that's also not a great income. I mean, I just love that presentation. And then Jennifer does drop shipping on her e-commerce store. So again, super smart, super amazing. So for the episode today, we basically pull the presentation audio into the podcast episode. There was a Q&A right afterwards. So if you want to watch the whole thing and also actually see the speaker slide, I encourage you to come into our free community at stagemore.school. And from there, you can go to courses on the left-hand side of the menu. And there's a free course that's going to be where all our replays last week's and also the future ones going to live. So that is a really great place to come in, actually watch the entire presentation and also watch the Q&A as well. 
All right. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, guys, to our first community talk. So the purpose of this talk is to invite stagers to come on to share their experiences in different topics. If you're interested in coming on to be one of the speakers for the future community talk, please just DM me. You can do that on Instagram at Sushamore, or you can reach out to me via email or on website. But today, I have two great stagers here. So we got Bridget who is tuning in from Florida and she's got some amazing additional streams of income that no one has ever thought of, like staging your yacht. That is something that's definitely outside my expertise. I've never even know that was a thing, which is amazing. I can't wait to hear more about it. We also have Jennifer from Maryland area and she is also another amazing stager who actually used to practice law. I don't know if you still practice law. Do you? No, not anymore. I still hold my licenses though. <laughs> I don't let Amazing. them <laughs> Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear what both of them have to say. And so that's it. I'm going to turn it over to Bridget. So Bridget's going to share her screen. She has a little slideshow, same thing with Jennifer, but we're going to do 20 minutes, roughly each speaker. All right. So let's get started. Hello, stagers. How are you this evening? I am Bridget King from Captiva Design, interior decorating and home staging. And I am based here in beautiful, sunny South Florida. And I'm so excited to share with you tonight my presentation on profitable revenue streams for your business. Some of them you're going to already know. Others you might find very interesting. And all of them are revenue streams that are making me money in my business I'm also securing my future in the home staging business as a subject matter expert because the more information and value that you bring to the table, it only makes you that much better and more valuable to our real estate community. So I want to go ahead and just get started. If you have any questions, I'm sure we will have a Q&A at the end of the presentation, if not while I'm on a particular topic. So I only have 20 minutes, so we're going to move through quite quickly. But at some other point, you know, if you are interested in more information on the particular topics, you can reach out to me. All right. So I want to ask you, are you thinking outside the box in your business? I have been in business now going 18 years as a home stager. I took my designation many years ago. And I really didn't at the time even know what home staging is. I started flipping homes. I started buying, rehabbing, and flipping homes. And I just thought they looked so much better if I put furniture, artwork, and accessories in them. Well, at that time, back in 2003, 2004, our market here in South Florida was booming. And so people were seeing the product that I was putting on the market with my husband, who is a realtor and buying it turnkey. And so that's kind of how I even got introduced into staging after doing some research and then finding out that this is actually a business, a viable, legitimate business that you can make money. You can make a living as a home stager. So that's how my journey began. So as the years progressed, you know, we did have a fallout in the market. If you remember a big crash, back in 2008, and I got hit bad. 
very bad because I had investment property as well. And so pretty much home staging came to a halt. Nothing was going on, right? People were losing their homes and the turnaround was going to take a while. So I decided to flip the script and get into interior decorating, right? So we, we all know there's a difference between an interior decorator and an interior designer. So decorating, I do non-structural improvements on the home. So that now gave me the ability to still stay in the industry that I love, but until things turned and the market picked up, I was able to have a revenue stream coming in. So I want you to think outside the box. One, what would happen to your business if we had a downturn? And then two, what are things that you like doing within the design and home staging industry that you would like to make as an additional revenue stream in your business? So it's time to step out of the box, to think outside the box, and to do things differently. So I just want to cover a few things here. One of them is reviewing key objectives for your business and critical successes. So what is going to make you unique? What is going to make your company stand out and succeed? And then, of course, planning for growth and then planning for a downturn. So here we go. Revenue streams. First of all, consultations make money all day long. And you can do them in person and you can also do them virtually. And that's what I stepped into when we had the pandemic in full force and nobody was moving, right? So our state, we never really had a hardcore lockdown. Florida was still moving. We slowed down, but I would say my downtime was maybe a month. And then realtors that I've been working with started calling say, hey, Bridget, are you working? I said, if you're working, I'm working. Gloves, masks, hand sanitizers, foot covers for your shoes, whatever we need to do to get the consultations done, I'm in all the way. That was my first little pivot there with the downturn in the real estate market during the pandemic. Fortunately for Florida, our market picked right back up and has been super strong ever since. We, we haven't had a slowdown. So we've been having some really good months in real estate in South Florida. So the first thing, right, if you take your designation, you're either staging vacant properties or you're staging occupieds, also known as redesign. So those are the common revenue streams that any stager would have when they're setting up their business. The second one that I want to mention, which has been getting a lot of hype, is the yacht staging. And I kind of stumbled into the yacht staging. I was working with a realtor from Caldwell Banker. And this is why I say social media is so powerful. When you, you should be following your agents, you should be liking their posts, you should be staying abreast of what is going on in your area with real estate. So an agent has a husband who's a broker for a yacht company. And I'm following her on social media and she's saying, oh, congratulations, John. You got top sales broker, yacht broker for the quarter and just, you know, showing all of the accolades. And I got to thinking, let me look and see what this yacht looks like. Because, you know, when we're talking yachts now, we're talking people who have 
income to spend on things they like. So I did a little deep dive and investigative work and I saw some of the yachts and they actually looked kind of flat, to be honest with you. I was surprised, you know, because in my mind, when I say, when I hear yacht, I'm thinking, you know, super luxe, but some of them were older and some were kind of drab and looks like it like needs a facelift, right? I called her and I said, hey, can you connect me to your husband? I'd love to talk to him about maybe staging some yachts, you know, that he has for resale. And the connection was made. And they gave me an opportunity at the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show to stage one yacht that was quite old and a little dated, but the owner of the yacht didn't want to spend the money doing a complete refurb on the yacht. So when we do yacht staging, we're talking about soft goods mostly, fresh flowers and florals for the staging, for the photos, or for the boat show. I've never done that before, but if we can stage a home, I figure I could stage a yacht. And they gave me one boat and I staged it and it sold. Boom. So now I'm in. So shortly thereafter, I get a call. There was a boat show coming up. We just purchased six yachts and then we have one resale. Would you be interested in giving us a quote? I said, sure. I went down, I previewed all of the yachts, took notes, took pictures. And then I had to come up with a price to stage the yacht and then a price to shop all of the soft goods for the yacht. So I got paid on the consultation. I got paid the shopping fee and I got paid the staging fee. So that's three drip revenue streams off of one yacht staging show. Okay. Now that show was so successful. I got called for the next show, which is the Fort Lauderdale boat show, which is taking place next week. And on that one, I'm getting seven brand new yachts. Yachts range from 55 feet to 76 feet. So we're not talking about super mega yachts, but they have, you know, like three staterooms, you know, a deck for dining, an interior dining space, and then a sun deck. So it's manageable with a team. So yacht staging now is in my portfolio and it's a very good revenue stream because I live along the coast. We have three large shows every year. And so the next show will be in Miami. So that's yacht staging. Then personal shopping services is huge revenue stream for me. So I'm very transparent. I charge $100 an hour to go shopping for my clients. That's Home Goods, that's TJ Maxx, or it could be a tile showroom, furniture showroom. Shopping is shopping. And that's an excellent revenue stream. The personal shopping experience, because you got to brand yourself, right? And, and tell people what you do, comes from the consultation. So that's why the consultation is key in any of the revenue streams. It starts with the consultation. And from there, you can have several revenue streams from that one client off of one consultation. So whether it's shopping because we're doing a redesign or shopping because we're doing decorating, you're getting paid, right? And then if they want you to come and do a door-to-door -door delivery and set it up, then that's another revenue stream. Interior and exterior color consultations, 
have been doing phenomenally well, especially since the pandemic. People have been home and they just want to refresh the house. Maybe they don't want to spend a lot of money doing a complete demolition, but it's amazing what a fresh coat of paint, how it can lift the room and transform the space, right? So you can do color consultations so quickly. I do them like in one hour and I give the client three different color options. If it's a big, larger home, I'll charge a little bit more and do a whole Sherwin-Williams color using the Sherwin-Williams has a software, an app that you can download and you can put the color, take a picture of the house. It's called Color Snap. Put the color in the house, show them what it will look like. So if they want something on that level, you can extend the service and charge a little bit more for that in a color consultation, whether it's interior or exterior. And then another one that has been doing very well for me is healthcare. People forget that assisted living, memory care facilities, they have model homes, model units that they show to prospective clients that want to put their loved ones in that type of setting. And so you can stage the models. They usually have a efficiency, a one bedroom and a two bedroom. And then the thing about staging for healthcare, if you're doing in the dementia care unit, they don't require that many accessories. They like to actually keep it very minimal. So it's easy money in and out. And if you can get into that industry, you can explore other facilities that do assisted living and memory care, and you can build a relationship. And they typically have multiple facilities in your area. So healthcare model home staging is a good one to look into. Then there is the holiday decor. I love Christmas. And this kind of fell into my lap. I decorated a home for a client and she's very busy. And she said to me, Bridget, do you think you can decorate my Christmas tree? And I said, hmm, I've never done that before, but I know how to decorate my own. Sure. So that is where my holiday decor division started. And I used her house as my first branding of holiday decor. I had it professionally photographed. And then I started using social media to brand myself. Every year thereafter, we have been getting more and more clients to decorate their trees and their banisters and their front doors. So holiday decor is a nice filler. Our first tree starts November 1st, if you can imagine how early that is, right? It just keeps getting earlier and earlier. I've been doing this now going six, seven years. And from posting on social media and getting more clients each year, I'm now doing the lobby trees for condos. So now you move from residential to commercial. And you can go and do restaurants. You can do the hotels, the Hilton. Some of them are independently owned or Holiday Inn or whatever hotel you want to call on. So that's another arena you can branch into if you like doing holiday decor. You have to like it, right? And then, of course, the big one that is going wild down here in South Florida is Airbnb staging. And I'm doing one literally right now on Friday, we're setting it up. 
that's a huge revenue stream. And you're literally buying or picking everything to be purchased for the Airbnb. And that's the furniture and all of the kitchen accessories and patio furniture and you name it, a fully stocked, ready to go Airbnb. Here's your key. You're ready to rent. And so these are the seven very profitable revenue streams that are working for me. But in addition to that, I'm just giving you a few extras. I sell flooring. I sell window treatments. I do quartz countertops. And I also do new construction where I help clients who are purchasing new homes pick all the finishes for the new construction home. So there's a lot of extra things that you can do to generate revenue. But of course, you have to like doing it and you need to be knowledgeable about it. So for instance, I didn't know about yachts. I don't own a yacht. You know, I never, well, I have now, but never been on a yacht, right? So there's yacht etiquette. There is parts of the yacht that you need to understand and know about that before you dive into it. So I had to, you know, do some research, talk to some of the captains and educate myself on yachts before I really got into it. So I hope that you have found some interest in at least the first seven. And then I gave you a few extras to think about. Some of them, for instance, on flooring, if you connect with a flooring vendor and you learn about the different types of flooring, carpet, luxury vinyl, porcelain tile, engineered wood, and you really like selling that, it's a win-win for you and your vendor and your client because now you're educating them on the different types of flooring. Your vendor should help train you on the different types of flooring. And then you're acting as a salesperson really on behalf of their company. And then they're paying you a commission once you close the deal. You can make a commission off of the actual material. And then in some instances, you can make it off of the installation as well. Thank you, Bridget, for sharing so much. I mean, there's so many different potential we can have as stagers to really up-level our income. So I appreciate you how generous you are in taking the time to share them. Right. Don't be intimidated by all the revenue streams. <laughs> I'm not saying you need to go out and do all seven. I'm just giving you something to think about and explore and research. Because if you like any one of those categories or you find them of interest, then you might want to think about adding them into the services that you offer. The, the stagers and redesigners that have richly layered services for their clients are the ones that are going to be winning all the time, right? So if you're even going in to do a staging consultation and you know the house needs to be painted before you can even stage it, wouldn't that be nice if you could offer a interior or exterior color? You just brought value to the table versus, okay, you're telling me I need to paint the house. Well, what color would you suggest? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> you should know. You want to know. All right. Are you ready for me to go ahead and start, Cindy? Yes, please. Okay, great. 
So I am Jennifer Westbrook. My company is called Main Stage Home and I'm in Maryland in Silver Spring. And that's right outside of Washington, D.C. if you're not familiar with the area. And thanks again to Cindy for inviting me to share today. I'm super excited to talk about all of this. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about myself, my background as I go through the presentation, kind of weave it into the things that I'm going to talk about. So I want to start by just asking you a question. I want you to think about this while I'm sharing with you today. And the question is, what's in your hand? We all have experiences. We have skills. We have talents. We have abilities. We have past jobs, past careers, degrees, life experiences, school of hard knocks experiences. And from all those things, we have things in our hand right now that we can use in order to add some revenue streams to our staging business. And some of these things may not require a whole lot to get started because you already have the abilities to do it. It just is a matter of thinking about what you have and what you can work with. So I'm going to share some of the things that have happened in my business as it has evolved, and hopefully you'll get some ideas from that. Some of you may have seen the, the memes on social media, like how it started versus how it's going. So how it's going now is very different from how it started. But when I started my staging business back in 2016, I started out offering several things, some things I wanted to offer, and then some things sort of came about because people asked for it. And so I started off doing vacant staging. And I did occupied consults, both in person and virtually before that was really a, a thing like it is now. And I also did organizing and decluttering. And I did that both for staging clients, people who were already working with me to stage their homes to sell. But I also offered it as an a la carte service. So basically, if somebody wasn't selling their house, but they wanted decluttering and organizing help, I offered that as a standalone service. I also did photography for agents for their listings, and it was pretty limited to people who didn't want to get like the more expensive photographers who are like super, super great, but they also didn't want to use their cell phone for their listing photos. And so for a lot of newer stagers or people with smaller marketing budgets, they would ask me to do the photography and I would do that for them. I also tried my hand at special event staging, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. And then after getting a lot of requests for home makeover or redesign services, I tried that as well. And as I went through these offerings, there were things that I found that I really liked. And then I found there were things that I didn't like so much. And so I kind of started to get a little, I guess, overwhelmed with everything I was offering because for everything you're offering, you know, you've got to put some time into providing that service and marketing that service. And I kind of had to take a step back and say, do I really want to do all these things? And then there were some other things that were coming up that seemed maybe more needed by people. So I had to kind of reevaluate some things. So I made a bit of an assessment and I asked myself a bunch of questions to figure out what I really wanted to continue to offer and what I needed to add to my offerings. So I asked myself, what were my goals? Because I found myself kind of straying away from my original vision for the home staging business. And I had to kind of sit down and say, well, what was I really trying to do? And am I doing that? And then I had to ask, what did I enjoy? And I loved how Bridget mentioned that you have to make sure you like it because if you're doing a service that 
you don't really like that much, it's going to be kind of a grind to do it. And even if you're making money at it, it kind of drains your energy if you don't really enjoy offering that service, even if it's something that people want. And then what was I really good at doing? Some things you're excellent at, and then some things you're just okay at. And so I had to say, well, where am I the strongest? And what do people need and want the most? You know, what were the things that were in high demand? What were the things that I felt could go into the next question, serve them the best? What would help them best achieve what their goal was? And very importantly, what made money? Because sometimes when you sit down and you crunch the numbers, things don't necessarily make enough money in order to make sense to continue offering. And so I had to look at, you know, even though something makes some money, is it profitable? And is it profitable enough that it is sustainable over time? And finally, I asked, what did I realistically have time and energy for? You know, there were things I did, such as the organizing and decluttering work that I found I just did not have the energy for it because that type of work can be very emotional for homeowners. You know, if you've been staging, sometimes you may deal with people having a difficult time separating themselves from their home emotionally. And that is intensified when you're working with people to declutter their homes. It's already a stressful time because they're going to move or even for people who aren't moving, just trying to part with their belongings and make those decisions, it's a lot. And what I found doing the organizing and decluttering was that it drained me to the point that after I did a decluttering job, it would take me like a whole day to recover. So I found that that wasn't profitable for me because if I have a whole day when I can't do anything because I just need to recover physically and and mentally from that, did I really want to spend my time offering that service? So I had to really take a hard look at each thing and decide, you know, what did I really want to keep on doing? So I retired some stuff at that point. So everything in red, I stopped doing. And then the thing in orange, I kind of sort of stopped doing. I changed it. So I stopped doing vacant staging and I changed the way I was offering organizing and decluttering so that I was not offering it as a one-off service anymore. So I only offer that to people who are staging clients. So now it's an add-on service. And that really helps so that I'm not getting lots of jobs that are just come help declutter, you know, my 5,000 square foot house that has 30 years worth of stuff in it. That work was a bit overwhelming for me. And I felt that's better suited for people maybe who have more time or who have larger organizing companies where they have lots and lots of staff that can help with that. I also retired listing photography for the most part and special event staging. I did a special event where I was hired to stage an event space for a company that was competing for a contract and they had to stage the space as part of the competition. And it was very interesting, but what I found was that it kind of put me in the position of being what I felt was like an event planner or a party planner kind of, it was that mode and the business model for special event staging is different than home staging. And for me, I didn't want to manage those two models. And so I retired special event staging and then home makeover and redesign. I retired that as well because coming from the background I came from, which I'll tell you a little bit about that now, I have an English degree, a bachelor's degree in English. And then I went to law school. And as Cindy said, I practiced law for about 12 years. And 
in the legal profession, you can be on a case that goes on for like years. <laughs> and it'll be the same case. So it just keeps going and going and going. The litigation process can be really long. And when I started my own business, I said, you know, I want to do stuff that moves a little faster. <laughs> I, I don't like long drawn out projects and there's nothing wrong with them. I just, I wanted to do something different when I started my business. So I like projects that are shorter that we can work on and get a result more quickly. And so with the home makeover projects, I didn't like that it just took more time and I wanted to work a little more quickly than that. So those are the things I retired. And then I added some stuff. So a little plot twist and backstory. As I said, I have an English degree and for over 25 years or so, I have done work for people in various capacities. When I was in college, I helped people with their writing. When I was in law school, I started editing books for friends and friends of friends. And I continued doing all of that in the background while I was practicing law in my spare time, which meant, you know, I would stay up all night and work on somebody's book and then go back to work in the morning. And as I got into my staging business, after about the first year, I started getting more requests for writing work. And I had to think about that and say, well, okay, I never looked at my writing as a business. And sometimes that happens where, you know, you have something that comes easily to you that you love that you don't realize you can use that as part of your business. And I just undervalued it. And then I kind of woke up and said, oh my gosh, this needs to be its own business. And so I created a separate business where I started off doing book editing, academic editing, and some other types of writing. And then that business started to evolve. And I started doing copywriting, sales writing. I started working on websites because people would say, oh, can you make a website for me that looks like yours? And I loved website design. So I started doing web design. So that business became a whole thing unto itself. And so then I said, okay, I've got this staging business. I've got this writing business and I'm doing websites over here and I'm doing business strategy over here. What can I take from my second business to supplement my staging business? Because what was also happening in my staging business was that almost weekly, I was getting calls and emails from new and you know aspiring stagers who were just calling to kind of pick my brain about how to get started, how to set up their business. And we would have these long conversations and I, I loved talking with them. And, you know, the feedback from them was great about how it helped them figure things out. But then I started feeling like, well, should I like charge for this? Like <laughs> I had a serious bout of imposter syndrome with it because I'm not a business coach. I can't really help people like that. But then I realized, well, people are coming to me and asking for help and they're maybe not ready for a coaching program, you know, something more formal. They're looking for something sort of the step before that. And so I thought, okay, there must be something that I can do to support people because this is what's coming up. And I enjoyed offering them that help. So all of that kind of converged and I came up with what I offer now. And it pretty much falls into three buckets here. So now for homeowners and agents, I'm still doing the Occupy consults in person and virtually. 
And the virtual consults have been especially great with COVID because, you know, you have a lot more people who would prefer not to have as many folks in their home as usual. So it gives level of comfort to know that, hey, I can still get these services, but I can limit how many people are coming in the home. So that's, you know, fantastic. And I'm still doing decluttering and organizing. But as I said a moment ago, I'm only doing it as an add-on for staging clients. And that helps kind of conserve my energy a bit and and helps me to not feel like I'm, you know, doing uh, really big decluttering projects that take up too much time away from the other things that I'm offering. So then in the second bucket for stagers, real estate agents, and other professionals, I'm doing web design, copywriting, and business mentoring. And to start doing the things in this middle column, I really didn't have to do much because I already had all that set up in my second business. So it didn't require me to create very much, you know, new stuff in my staging business. It already existed. So it was very easy to just start offering those same services, you know, to people who find me through my staging business. And then in the third column, I have what I call special stuff. So I have a home decor store on my website where anybody, it's open to the public. You can go on there and buy unique things for your home. And what was fun about this was that I really did it just as an experiment. I thought it would be fun. I wanted to you know, see what it was like to set up a store. And it was a lot of work to set it up because there's just a lot of techie stuff that you have to do. But I utilize drop shipping, so I don't maintain any inventory. I don't have a bunch of stuff in my house that I have to go ship out. I don't have to do any of that. The suppliers that I work with, they ship the items directly to my customers. And all I have to do is a little bit of work to fulfill orders when people place an order. And so the work to maintain that is very minimal. There really isn't a lot to maintain it unless I'm doing things like updating the collections. But just the work on the front end is, you know, the bulk of it. And then after that, it kind of just, you know, runs on its own. And also in this column, I have an ebook that I just have one. I, I want to write some more, but I have, haven't gotten around to it yet because I'm doing stuff for other people. I had done a speaking engagement a couple of years ago, and I wrote an ebook to give to the guests for that engagement. And I gave it to them for free for a limited time. And then after that, I put it on my website and people can buy it. So that's something else to consider. If you have a certain specialized knowledge or something you can teach people, you can put it into an ebook and then sell it on your website. And then affiliate income. So if you are in any kind of programs, like a course that you take, like the person I took staging courses from has an affiliate program. So if people go to her website through my link and buy something from her, she pays me a commission for sending her that person. I also use ConvertKit for my email marketing. If someone signs up for ConvertKit through my link, ConvertKit pays me every month for that. So there are lots of different opportunities to join affiliate programs. If you sell things that are through Amazon, you can be an Amazon affiliate. Like there are tons and tons and tons of affiliate programs. I think Wayfair has one, like all, all kinds of ways you can really just make passive income as an affiliate. So those are all the things that I offer now. And it's great because, you know, I experimented. Where I started was not where I am now. And I just kind of looked at what were the things that people needed and what were the things that I could offer and felt good offering and that would fit within the time that I have. Because with running two businesses, I have to make sure that 
I'm taking care of everything on all fronts. So this is what works for me now. That's basically it. But I wanted to just leave you with some takeaways or things to think about. As I said in the beginning, start with what's in your hand and don't underestimate anything. It's the things that are the easiest for you that come the most naturally that sometimes we don't realize can be something we can use to make money. Even if you had a past job that you hated, there may be some skill that you developed that you can use in your home staging business. In my organizing and decluttering side of the business, I had a client who was selling a house and he wanted help, you know, just getting ready to sell. And he hired me to help him with that. And it turned into a huge project because he really needed to downsize the home, going from a really big house to a very small house, had 25 years worth of stuff from his kids and everything who were grown. And he was so overwhelmed with the prospect of decluttering that it was just really emotional for him and he didn't know where to start. And he had put off moving for several years, even though he wanted to move to be closer to where his kids live so they could all you know, spend time together. And so when he brought me in, it became a very big job very quickly to the point that I was basically the project manager for the whole move. I was there to get rid of the clutter, to supervise the movers when they came to supervise the painters and the carpet people, to work with the realtors, to make sure everything was on schedule, to go to the new house, to come up with a plan to set the house up, to be there for the truck to unload and to tell the movers where to put everything and to unpack everything in the house and set up the whole house. And that project, you know, made thousands and thousands of dollars because the owner trusted me to do everything for him. And he traveled a lot. So all of this was happening while he wasn't even there. So something like that brought in my skills as an attorney, as a project manager, as somebody who had to watch budgets, as somebody who had to manage large teams of people. So all those skills transferred over into my home saving business. So think about the things that you've done in the past or the things that you do now and how you can turn that into something that can make revenue for your business. And don't be afraid to experiment. It's just as important to find out what you do like as it is to find out what you don't like. And so don't be afraid to try some things. And if you don't love it, you can just say, okay, never mind. I won't offer that anymore. And finally, I'll say, look for ways to serve. I've done this myself. I've been so focused on what I'm doing and what I want to do that sometimes I don't see an opportunity that's right in front of me. I don't see a need that people have because I'm so laser focused on my task. I'm very task oriented. But sometimes there are things happening right in front of us where people are saying, hey, I need help with this. I need help with that. And we may not be totally attuned to that. So I would say to always be looking for how to serve people because that is also a way to discover a new revenue stream for your business. So that is the end of my presentation and I will turn it back over to Cindy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was amazing and mind-blowing from both of you. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Happy staging.